When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan? Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist, I'm sure there's others. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be on board with you once again today. According to my weather bug, it's kind of like the Winter Classic, not quite as cold, but just about. It's minus 9, minus 9. Well, it's actually not the weather bug. It's the Android uh, uh, Samsung Dilly on the front. It's minus 10, according to weather bug. Minus 10, you got the igloo. Just like in Thompson, Manitoba, when I posted a 10-day uh, forecast wax, minus 29. So that's where uh, Mr. <laughs> that's where Mr. Dean Evison is from, Thompson, Manitoba. At least he lived part of his uh, youth there. Thompson, Manitoba. It's northern Manitoba. So, yeah, that's pretty much what it was like at the Winter Classic, kind of. It was actually slightly warmer than Thompson, Manitoba, where it gets into the 20 belows and stuff. It's pretty impressive. Uh, the game was not impressive, just the science uh, the science of the cold and all that. You know, because, I don't know, science is interesting when it gets that cold. Kind of is, uh, you know, stuff like that. Otherwise, the game was, uh, well, just, it, it, it wasn't too good. Uh, just enter any type of rant you can, including uh, Matt Zuccarillo saying basically it was embarrassing as fans were freezing their asses off out there and we played like crap. That's basically me paraphrasing from the Joe Zilgut article and basically how we talked to the audience, uh, the media conglomerant after the game. Matt Zuccarillo. Oh, Matt, yeah, he must be in a bad mood lately because uh, I guess I'll jump ahead on this one. I had it a little lower in the notes. Nick Bukestad slashed by Matt Zuccarillo unintentionally, but apparently with a serious injury. I don't know if it's a shoulder, and a knee, an ankle. Who who knows what it could be, but I'm guessing he was, like, dropping an F-bomb and, you know, like, whipping a stick in anger. And unfortunately, there was a, uh, there was friendly. <laughs> unfortunately, fortunately, Nick Bukestad was hit by friendly fire, so... Yeah, the center position. Yeah, about that. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> Jules Eriksson Eck. Uh, yeah, uh, now Nick Bukestad. Of course, he can play wing, and he's played a lot of wing as well. But still, it's just, I don't know. It just keeps piling up. Uh, Jared Spurgeon, some people believe it might be a groin, lower body injury. Talbot, we'll talk about uh, during the game as well, took place. 
Uh, he was pulled after six goals because of a lower body injury, apparently, which who knows what could happen playing out there in that crazy uh, conditions. And, of course, he doesn't like to wear layers, as they were saying, him being Cam Tobot. And that might be why, possibly. Who knows? Who knows? Just the fact that uh, Boston, I just called him Boston because I'm getting them mixed up. St. Louis Blues players were, uh, well, beating the crap out of us and getting puck after puck after uh, at Cam Talbot, particularly early, but often as well, through two periods, a disgusting second period, to say the least. Uh, of course, that was on January the 1st. Happy New Year. Woohoo. Um, yes, uh, it's the happiest thing of all time. I can't believe it's New Year. Wow, it's great. Rem Pidlick was able to get his sixth goal of the year. We'll see if he's going to be in the lineup against Boston. It's kind of interesting and, I don't know, ironic that the two teams that faced off in the Cup Finals 50-plus years ago, which had Boston winning, and then 50-plus years later, St. Louis winning, uh, will play. We're playing them, I guess, back-to-back because the Ottawa game was postponed, and unfortunately Edmonton and Winnipeg also postponed, so I won't be able to talk about those games coming up. I thought I was going to be previewing four games today. Ended up being two, so I guess it's easier, but it's more boring as well as a fan. Kirill Kaprizov, well, I mean, again, Kirill Kaprizov did put on a show particularly late in the game. I mean, I'm happy. He did get his, he did get three points overall, a goal and three assists. He's on pace for 103 points if he does play all 82 games. 103 points would be the first player in wild history to not only reach 90 points, but a hundo, as they like to say. Very, very cool. Really cool to know that we have a player of that capability. I, I do think Kevin Fiala could even be a 100-point guy if all is right, stays healthy, good players around him and such. Fiala looked pretty good in the game as well. He had six shots on goal. People would argue he was the best player on the ice, to be quite frank, because uh, there weren't a whole lot of good players on the ice in this game. It was just a bad game. It was just a bad game. I mean, that's all there's to say. Halen Addison, adequate. Defensemen were okay. The turnovers were not okay. Uh, I like the jerseys for the most part. Elbow pads have been getting a lot of flack. I agree. It looks weird. It looks pointless. St. Louis Blues uniforms were very cool. Uh, kind of classic old school look from the day. I guess you could say from actually quite a bit back. Because um, I get them mixed up. I, how, they, how they had the red on for a little while. That was like the 90s a bit. I think the red is not necessary. I think the Blues are all about, you know, uh, red, or excuse me, white, blue, or blue, white, and yellow. That's kind of how I look at that. I'm getting off track, and I'm going all over the place. But what do you expect? That's just that's just how I am, I guess. Uh, it's just the kind of game where, obviously, there's going to be changes. There's going to be frustration. And, again, the losing streak's not ending, of course, because you're getting a really awkward schedule, and it doesn't help. And other teams are getting awkward schedules as well. But the thing is, I mean, we're getting punished because of other teams having COVID and this and that. It's just that's what's kind of annoying, this and that. Um, holding a Doppelbach can from Lupulin Brewing. This is not a plug. It's just coming off as one because Marco Rossi is going to be joining the Wild. So it was like an honor of uh, Marco Rossi. I had it last night. Doppelbach from Lupulin Brewing. Really good. So I guess you could call it a free plug in that sense. Really good. You know, it's like the closest thing to Austria, I guess, Germany. Nice stuff. Um, that's about how I felt about the game, though. And probably this Doppelbach here, this big old, you know, tall, tall or whatever you call it, 16-ouncer, was probably about the main theme of the game because you're just like, oh, another goal by St. Louis, glub, glub, you know, you know, that type of thing. That second period was depressing. Third period was a lot of fun. Second period was not. It was just like, turn, bleep this. I, I'm done. And I actually said that. <laughs> I said that in a, in a DM with uh, Derek. We were DMing a little bit back and forth for a while there. 
during the game was like, this sucks. This is dumb. You know, it's like you're all excited and the build-up and this and that. The, the, the jerseys were cool. The color scheme, I think, is okay. But uh, obviously, it's like a once-in-a-blue-moon once type of thing. But then to kind of come out and suck, it's just like, dang, nabbit. And I'll forget, enter swear word, basically, instead. It was fun going the other way with uh, Chicago, of all teams, years ago in the stadium series, which I'm sure we'll get one of those again. We probably won't have a winter classic for a while, but uh, and that's fine. Let's have another stadium series in a couple years. I love those silver dollar snowflakes against the Chicago Blackhawks years ago, and I like the jerseys. Derek did not, apparently. Um, I like these, too. I like the stadium series jerseys. I mean, other people didn't. They thought it was too cute or whatever. Or maybe the color scheme was just funky. Some people are sick of the Christmas colors. Oh, yeah, and I was definitely sick of those red jerseys that we wore for way too long because the Wild are not red. They're green. I'm sorry. It's a green team. It was always meant to be green. Maybe if you wear a red jersey, have it like once in a blue moon, like a third jersey that you wear once in a blue moon, or like in basketball where there's four jerseys now. <laughs> you get the city jerseys and the... You get the third jersey, the city jersey, the home jersey, the road jersey, or even if it's a home or away, just the light jersey and the dark jersey is more like it nowadays in basketball. We don't know who's home or away anymore. They just wear whatever they're thinking that night. <laughs> and a city jersey's a uh, different one every year. I think that's kind of cool. Hockey should consider something like that, honestly. And, I, you know, in, in some cases they have done things like that where there's like three or four jerseys. But I'll digress back where I need to be. Kirill Kaprizov did not overtake, <laughs> despite the 13 goals, he did not overtake Ryan Hartman leading into 2022 with goals yet. Ryan Hartman with 15, but Kirill definitely caught up, getting closer and closer, and on pace for 103 points, like I said earlier. The game in general, again, like I'll just say 15 times now, it was just, you know, it was depressing, it was a letdown, but I guess what's, 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 what, what else is new in Minnesota sports? You get that. Anytime there's a big build-up for anything, an NFC Championship game, a Super Bowl, a Western Conference Final, you know, except for the 91 World Series and the 87 World Series, it's been a disappointment. 65 World Series, Twins got shut out by uh, Sandy Koufax in Bloomington, of all places. Bloomington, Minnesota, shut out 2-0 in Game 7. That had to suck. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's just always a damn letdown. So, dang it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But enough with the letdowns. Let's have something happy and positive. Boldy and Rossi. Rossi and Boldy coming together. They're together again in Minnesota. Not in Iowa, but they're coming to Minnesota. And they will be playing on different lines. But <laughs> that's how it goes. They will both be joining the power play. Take it away, Dean Evison hockey players right why not now why not i mean they're both going to play on the power play if, if we're talking about rossi and boldy they're both going to play on the power play they're both going to get opportunities not because we're giving them an opportunity because our power play has sucked right and yes you know i'm going to use the sound bite at the end there uh the power play has sucked yeah i'm going to be using that over and over and uh, you, that's just who i am you know and it, it's 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 a gem i mean you can't tell me that's not a gem so, uh, thank you, Dean Evison. There you go, and welcome to the National Hockey League, Boldy Rossi. A lot of people would agree that Matt Matthew Boldy was closer to the NHL hockey, despite the fact Rossi was, like, leading the club and scoring down in Iowa over a point a game. Three, po three points more than games play. Pretty damn cool. And had a three-point game with a game winner late versus, uh, I forget if it was Rockford. No, it was the Colorado Eagles uh, about a week ago. That was pretty damn cool. Since then, Iowa's played a game, 
And uh, the best player on that game, or at least the, the main prospect to score, was Adam Beckman. Nice to see him picking things up a little bit. But they're finally here. The excitement has begun. The excitement has begun. Marco Rossi, 23 points in 21 games. Matt Boldy, again, off injured, unfortunately, with that doggone ankle. He had the broken ankle and then kind of tweaked it a few weeks after when he came back. But now it looks like he's healthy, ready to go. Point-to-game player. He's had an outstanding uh, AHL career. He had a really good college career. After a super slow start to his freshman year, got things going, got moved up into the top six and just took off. And that's what Matthew Boldy is. Unfortunately, he will not be in the top six, but he will be on the second power play unit. So opportunities will be there, just not as many maybe as Marco Rossi. Marco Rossi plays a more important position, even though Matt Boldy had been a center at times as well. But uh, in fact, it actually said center next to his name when the Wild drafted him, but he was always thought of as a uh, winger ever since, unfortunately. But that's fine. Uh, as long as he can score and be extremely productive in the NHL, great pick by, <laughs> yes, Paul Fenton. Marco Rossi, the guy that I was just, you know, you watch all the different players, all the different main prospects going into that draft from the Wild at the ninth pick in two, uh, 2020. And I just settled on Marco Rossi and prayed to God that he would drop to us, and he did. I compared him to Steve Eiserman on the Soda Pod, my brief little stint on the Soda Pod there joining on the show on draft night. <laughs> I, drew a, I drew a look from uh, Isha Jerome of like, whoa, are you crazy? Yeah, well, he looks like, he certainly looked like Steve Eiserman in the OHL. Has some Eiserman type tendencies, definitely could score. The passing ability is insane. The skating ability is very strong. Strong on the puck, this and that. He has some Eiserman tendencies. Is he ever going to be Steve Eiserman level? I don't know, but I guess you never really do know until they get out and play. So, hopefully. Hopefully. He's, he's been extremely productive everywhere he's gone. That's for damn sure. Except for that Austria team in in the, the World Junior Championships last year because he was the only guy that could really play on that team. It was just sad. It was tricking depressing. Um, and, you know, what's also cool about this Doppelbach can. It's the exact colors that he's basically worn until he got to Iowa. Uh, the red, white, and black. It just looks cool. You know, it, lo- it looks like those Austria jerseys, and it looked like the the, the, the Ottawa 67s that he played for as well. Freaking cool looking, man. <laughs> so definitely, yeah, cheers to you, Marco Rossi. Doppelbach from Lupulin, right? That's that's the Marco Rossi beer. So every time he does really well, maybe celebrate with one of those, I guess. As long as they're uh, uh, available anyway. He's going to be centering Kevin Fiala and Marcus Fellino. That's kind of cool. Though some people are a little frustrated that it's not Matt Boldy, and boy, do I get that. And you'd like to see those two together. Rossi, Fiala, Boldy, mm-mm-mm. That sounds awesome. Felino's deserves to be in the top six this year. He's been playing that well. Uh, he's one of the best players on the wild right now. Long term, i got to think that's going to be a switcheroo. Felino down to the third, Boldy to the second, with Rossi and Fiala. Heck, that might even be your top line someday, or, you know, this and that. We'll see what happens, but... The two, the top six are interchangeable in a lot of ways. They're both scoring lines. You know, obviously the bottom two are the checking lines, this and that, you know. So, but checking line, like, you know, third line can have scores on it. Uh, Boldy's going to be centered by Frederick Goudreau. And the other wing will be either Brandon DeHaim or Rem Pitlick. Right now it looks like Brandon DeHaim. He's been, he's been in every game. So good for him staying healthy and staying, you know, keeping up with Minnesota. Uh, so definitely all all power, uh, more power to him there. No question about it. Pitlick's been very productive. 11 points in, in 18 games. Obviously, he was banged up a little bit and also, again, at sometimes was uh, sat down for, for extended periods. 
because they just had to get Victor Ask out there. You know, Victor Ask got to be on the he's he's got to be the center for whoever. You know, the second line or the third line or the fourth line or the top line. He's all over the place. Victor Rask had his ups and downs, but it looks like uh, things are finally starting to head in the direction where we're moving on from Victor Rask. God bless him. Thank you for your services. And uh, still under twenty, uh, still under thirty years old, twenty-eight years old, still has a chance to be a productive player for somebody out there that wants him. His biggest flaw is the is his skating. And uh, you know he skates like he's you know he's as they say he mucks it up out there. He's just too slow. Uh, Nico Sturm's faster. That definitely helps. And unfortunately, neither one of them is a big-time scorer, so to speak. Nico Sturm will still be on the fourth line, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, he'll be centering Pitlick and Connor DeWer. So that's actually a cool little line. I kind of like it. I kind of like that. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. So Pitlick is on the fourth line at the moment, especially with Rask being, you know, uh, that's the other thing. Rask has been waived, but will probably wind up with Iowa because I doubt anybody's going to pick him up. The Wild will save over a million dollars in cap space with this move, so that definitely helps as well. Makes things more maneuverable. Helps with maneuverability and this and that, if that's maneuverable. But yeah, it, it does help with that. And Connor DeWeer getting a shot again, and that's nice. Connor DeWeer is an NHL player. He's a bottom six, though. I don't see him uh, jumping into the uh, top six unless, you know, there's injuries. And let's just, let's just stay away from that word for now. I think we've had enough of that. Uh... Jonas Burdine comes back. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Matthew Dumba. He'll be again with Matt Matthew Matthew Dumba with Matt Dumba. Goligoski will be paired with John Merrill. At least uh, that's how things are right now. And guys will be playing out of position because you're going to have a ton of left shot defensemen. In fact, all four of the bottom four right now are left shot defensemen. Unless you have uh, Kalen Addison. So Jordy Ben. Ah, it's just crazy. You have Kulikov, Merrill. Goligoski, all left shot defensemen. It's pretty damn crazy. And I thought, yeah, Jordy Ben's left shot too. It's just all of them. All of them are left shot. <laughs> so you're going to have guys playing out of position a bit, unfortunately. But sometimes it's okay. That's just how that goes. I wish I didn't close what I just did, but I guess that's completely fine. Yeah, everything's maneuverable here. The Wild also signed Zane McIntyre to help out with depth because, to help out with depth in Iowa because, well, Cam Talbot's hurt. And that means... It's going to be Kapokakinen, who I have a lot of faith in, actually. I really like what he brings at the end of the day. Um, I, I, I like his stability. I think he's got a good head on his shoulder. And who's to say Kapokakinen, even with even with uh, Jesper Wallstead in the wings, who's to say Kapokakinen's not a starting goalie in the NHL? Who's to say that? I, I think the ability is absolutely there. He's certainly not perfect, but... Um, it's it's just a little bit of time. It, it's it's just how it's been in the NHL, obviously with goalies, AHL, college. It, it takes a little bit of time, but everywhere Cabo Kakinen's gone, he'll have a he'll have a hot little start. He'll slow down a bit, but then he'll pick it up again and he'll sustain very solid goaltending. Uh, after that, once he gets comfortable at that next level, that's kind of how it is. It's step by step by step. Zane McIntyre, sixth pick, sixth round pick, hundred sixty fifth overall in the twenty ten draft. Out of Grand Forks, North Dakota, 29 years of age, six foot five, two thirty-one. Could be a tight end or something. He's a big boy. <laughs> uh, he has had a cup of coffee in the NHL with Boston. Gave up about four goals a game and lost all four games that were decided with him in the net. And 86% goals per, goals against, uh, unfortunately, save percentage. 
Providence Bruins, he fared much better. Definitely an AHL goalie, unfortunately for him. He was in KHL for six games in 2021, 20 and 21, and gave up almost five goals a game. But he's been an outstanding AHL goalie, and that's what his role is going to be because Andrew Hammond, the Hamburglar. That's where he had cheeseburgers thrown on the ice in honor of Hamburglar. <laughs> when he had that great run with the Ottawa Senators a few years back, Hamburglar will be the backup goalie for Kapokakinen. Will he be a starting goalie in some of the games? Maybe. But uh, odds are Kapokakinen will be in that pretty much every game that Cam Talbot is unavailable. We'll see. I kind of like Andrew Hammond, though. I've always been a fan, actually, especially since then. And I love the name Hamburglar <laughs> at the end of the day. But uh, Zane McIntyre will be joining the uh, Iowa Wild at the very least. Again, Victor Rask has been waived, and let's hear what Michael Russo has to say. He might be speaking for a lot of us, to be quite frank. I mean, you, you, Victor Rask is not part of the future of this franchise. He was placed on waivers today, not just to get cap space and roster space. It's because he stinks. He's been playing terrible. And you know that's going to be a soundbite I'll be using quite often as well. Yep, sorry, I'm going to be using it. It's funny. And I'd like to play that for uh, Pat Micheletti, who had been a little bit of a uh, Victor Rask apologist. No, he deserves to be out there. He's doing a good job. Yeah, okay, 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 Pat. No, <laughs> I like Pat. I do, but yeah, he is. he's a passionate son of a gun, isn't he? That's for darn sure. So with that, uh, well, the awards for the week, I guess the... Uh, I guess the Mike McDonough Award goes to Kirill Kaprizov. Three-point three game. I'm happy, generally speaking. But the <laughs> the James Shepard Memorial, everybody was kind of a James Shepard, generally speaking. Just showing up and stinking and not not really being able to match up with his Blues team whatsoever. The uh, James Shepard Memorial is just kind of going to the wild in general. It was a crappy game. It was just an overall crappy game. With that, we'll take a quick break and we'll preview two games with Boston and Washington. back here on Brave the Wild. Might want to get the plugs out of the way here before I do the quick little previews. The Vigit application, V-I-G-I-T, two different words, it is an application for Apple and Android <laughs> operating systems and phones and all that stuff. I'm sure you probably figured that out already. But basically, it's social media for sports bettors. Uh, well, that's one of the one of the things it can do. It is like fantasy betting. So you're not real, you're not betting real money and all that. You're actually just kind of... Uh, it's like fantasy betting and competing against your friends, which is a lot of fun, to be quite fair. There's social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the, the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sports book. Bet free coins. Win real prizes. Yes, there's competitions where you can win real prizes, kind of like the predictor application for NBC. Betting stands. There's stats. There's great information available on the Vigit Like Line movement where the public is betting, so you can even use it as a cheat sheet. One other quick plug is the Crypto.com application. Do get on that. You can trade cryptocurrencies. It's a lot of fun. The fees are extremely small. 
There is a link in the show description, which will lead to, uh, it'll take you to where you need to go. And it shows me as a referral. And both of us get $25 put in our account if you go that way. So you get $25 put in your account right away to trade cryptocurrencies. And being the fact that some of these coins are unbelievably cheap, 25 bucks means something in the crypto world. You, you might think it doesn't, but it actually does. And I've had some success with it. And I recommend it highly. Do enjoy, do get on there, <laughs> jump on board. Let's get to the previews. If humanly possible. Probably not, it's not possible. I screwed up everything. Just screwed it all up. No, I didn't. The Boston Bruins. Boston Bruins. <clears throat> Come. No, we, we, we visit Boston. We go to the TD America trade. TD Ameritrade, whatever that's called, right? Finally get to play the Bruins again. I, it's fun playing Eastern Conference teams. Anybody outside of the Central Division, it feels good for the most part, or whatever division we were in last year, the North. It was a big one. Obviously, it's two games, one in Boston tonight, and then March 16th in the XL Energy Center. Boston Bruins, 3-0 and in their last five because, well, <laughs> the other two were suspended with uh, Pittsburgh and Ottawa. Coffee makers bored to death. Obviously, Minnesota Wild have lost two and had three other games postponed. Since uh, the American teams are all playing, but the Canadian teams are not. So we'll see what happens if Canada can uh, <sighs> loosen the hinges a little bit on this one. Nick Bukestad, undisclosed injury. Jordan Greenway, COVID-19. Cam Talbot, lower body injury. Yep, so we got to deal with a lot of stuff. And, of course, again, Jared Spurgeon, lower body injury. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thomas Nosek, center, COVID protocol. Jake DeBrusque, COVID protocol. Carson Kuhlman, COVID protocol for the Boston Bruins. So no huge names necessarily at the moment, unless something else is happening and I'm not seeing it. Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman, two guys that are actually doing pretty well for the Boston Bruins this year. Jeremy Swayman with the only shutout on the season for the Boston Bruins. But Linus Allmark, a guy I've always kind of been a fan of. You know, he was kind of, his numbers would stink when he'd be on teams like Buffalo, but he gets on a halfway decent team, and okay. Uh, Boston has been playing very well. They recently beat the New Jersey Devils 5-3. to Good for them. And again, like I said, they were 3-0 and in their last five. Uh, they beat Buffalo 4-3. They beat Detroit 5-1 to in Detroit. And again, Ottawa and Pittsburgh before that, before the new year, were, uh, of course, suspended. Mike, Mikey Riley, former Minnesota Wild, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf and such, Montreal, Canadian. Uh, Mike Riley with six points in 26 games. He's actually fit in very nicely with the Boston Bruins. Eric Halla. Eric Halla with the Boston Bruins. Seven points in 28 games. Charlie Coyle, 16 points in 29 games. Eight goals for Charlie Coyle. He's actually fourth on the team in goals. Oh, Chuck. Chucky Chuck. <laughs> Charlie McAvoy, one of those guys that were up and coming for quite a while. Defenseman has turned into a pretty good player. 20 points. In 28 games, Brad Marchand, the guy who drives everybody crazy, but he's he's so damn good, but he's nuts. He's a 100-point type of talent, but he's a psycho. I mean, anybody that licks people's ears and stuff, really? Like, why? I, I know you want to get in people's heads, but that's like another level of, like, uh, dude, dude, <laughs> dude. No, really, dude. Patrice Bergeron, uh, Bill Guerin's dream center, and I'd love to have him on the wild as well or just on whatever team I'm general managing or owning. David Pasternak, who's been absolutely unbelievable throughout his career, actually having a kind of a down year a little bit, because 
We all know what he could do. 80, 90, 100 point type of guy. 22 points so far in 29 games. Not like he's having a bad year. Just maybe a bad stretch or quiet stretch. This and that. Boston in general <clears throat> wasn't doing so hot. Kind of hanging around the wild card for a while. Now they're picking it up again. Nick Felino. We all know that name around here. Felino, the older brother of Marcus. Six points in 21 games. Obviously well past his prime. Unfortunately, a no more Zdeno Chara. He's with Washington, if he's still playing. <laughs> that guy's been in the league forever and ever. Taylor Hall also joining the Boston Bruins last year. 17 points in 29 games. Um, not spectacular numbers with some of these guys, but still very good. Obviously, a very talented team. The Wild never beats the Boston Bruins anymore. Uh, they got Mike Yo fired. No, they were the final nail in the coffin if, they're, if there needed to be any. Uh, for Mike Yo, it's been quite a while already. Gosh, that was 2016, wasn't it? So... Like five years ago, right around Valentine's. Valentine's is not a happy time for Wild coaches, is it? <laughs> Boston Bruins, though. I think the Bruins beat the Wild. Yep, I think the losing streak continues, unfortunately. I would love to see the Wild come out and kick these guys' butts or just have an awesome game, generally like 3-2 to two victory. Kapokakinen is just unbelievable stuff, 42 shots. But I think it's going to be kind of going in the other direction. I think the Wild looks significantly better. I think the defense is better, but we lose... 3-2 to two or 4-2 to two with an empty net or possibly in TD Garden. I guess it's called Garden now. The TD Garden, which is better. Yeah, yeah, but it was <laughs> to be TD Ameritrade Garden or whatever. I like Garden much better, obviously. It's just like the Boston Garden, of course. Um, but it's going to be 3-2, to 4-2 to two type thing. Kevin Fiala will be the most likely guy to score. I can just feel Kevin Fiala. He is just going to keep it going. Maybe he has a multi-point game tonight, and I hope he does. But the Wild do not beat the Boston Bruins. Yes, I'm having fun with the accent. The Boston Bruins, real quick, are 26th in goals, 3rd in goals against. Obviously, good goaltending, like I was talking about. Yeah, they're not much of an offensive club. 27th in assists, penalty kills 11th, power plays 11th. Where the wild power play? Well, <laughs> we heard from uh, Dean Emerson how the power play has been. It's 25th in the league. Wild penalty kill 15th in the league. We have a phenomenal shooting percentage, but I don't know. Well, hopefully it matters when it matters. The Washington Capitals, Minnesota Wild, will be facing off against them on Saturday the 8th. Saturday the 8th, and then that's it until next week. Again, another long freaking break. Come on. Hopefully the Wild can get maybe a different game scheduled in there. Dmitry Orlov, upper body injury as of Jan the 4th. Connor McMichael, illness as of the 4th. Is it COVID? Is it not? Maybe it's just illness. Like, yeah, I'll leave that where that is. TJ Oshie. Yes, we've heard that name a 100 million times. Illness as of Jan the 2nd, and I mentioned the wild injuries enough. Washington, definitely an interesting club. We'll be playing them for the first time in about two years as well. Jan the 8th, of course, and April the 3rd in Washington. This one will be an XL Energy Center. Washington Capitals, 2-1 and one in their last five. Again, postponed with Ottawa, and then a victory over Nashville, a victory over Detroit, 5-3 over Nashville, 3-1 over Detroit, 4-3 loss versus New Jersey, and then suspended versus Montreal on Jan the 4th. Definitely an interesting club, of course. Alex Ovechkin, an all-time goal-scoring phenom, of course, for many years. Number one pick by Washington way back in 2004. Fourth in goals is Washington. Ninth in goals against very solid, strong season. First place type of club this year. Maybe Boudreaux's coaching him again. No. <laughs> no, the other guy would be seventh in assists. And, of course, the all-important special teams. 28th on the power play. 28th on the power play. They could use uh, Boudreaux cuts during the course of uh, one of the intermissions, maybe cursing the team out a little bit. Penalty kill 8th. Good, strong penalty kill. So the 
penalty kill has been their strength, not the penalty, not the uh, power play. Pardon me, twenty-eight or twenty-six and eight with eight overtime losses. Wow, second in the Met at the moment, the Metropolitan Division. <clears throat> Vanisek has been a solid goaltender for Washington. Better statistics, slightly better than Ilya Samsonov, but Samsonov's had the wins. You know, so it's kind of funny. It's like just a little bounce of the puck here and there. And Samsonov's had some, uh, he's kind of up and down, you could say, but he'll most likely be the guy in the net. Three shutouts on the season, and his goals against average slightly worse, along with a save percentage than Vanasek. I like Vanasek, but Samsonov obviously very solid as well. 13-2 and two on the season. Unbelievable success. Could win the Stanley Cup with that kind of success. He hasn't even lost a series yet. What do you think of that? It's pretty wild. Pretty crazy. No, but he has had three overtime losses, so yes, he has. I'm an idiot. Alex Ovechkin with 24 goals on the season, 50 points in 34 games. Kirill Kaprizov right there, right? Hopefully. Hopefully that's Kaprizov. <laughs> Kuznetsov, Kuznetsov, pardon me, 33 points in 31 games. It's funny how they don't have a ton of goals for but boy, are they top-heavy. Because it's like the main guys are just unbelievable. John Carlson, 32 points in 34 games. Tom Wilson, the ever-impopular mean goon that can score. He's the uh, Todd Bertuzzi, I guess, of today's hockey. 24 points in 30 games. And this and that. TJ Oshie's been off injured and sick. And this and that. Nick Dowd. Nick Dowd. Got it like that. Obviously son of uh, Jim. With 9 points in 21 games. But um, the one with the most Minnesota ties would be T.J. Oshie. played a bit here many years ago. Nicholas Backstrom has been in and out of injury. He he got he was injured. He was out forever. Finally came back, and then got sick right away, which is ridiculous. But he's got three assists on the season in three games. Nicholas Backstrom, though, excellent career for the Washington Capitals, who won the Cup just a few years back against the Vegas Golden Knights. Much to my chagrin. These games are tough, man. But I think if the Wild are going to beat somebody, it's going to be Washington. I'd like to believe it's going to be Boston, but I believe the Wild end their losing streak versus the Washington Capitals. I'm stepping out in faith. And i got to think, uh, I just got a good feeling that Kaprizov is going to have a nice night, obviously. But I think Ovechkin will, too. Ovechkin's been a murderer of the Wild. Back when he was having a, a, a slow start to the season, he had a hat-trick against Minnesota. Three one-timers in a row, basically. Hat-trick against Minnesota, and the Capitals killed us. Ovechkin and the Capitals have been a huge, tough, have been bad news for Minnesota for about 10 years now. Um, I do believe the Wild, though, end their losing streak. I don't want to go 0-2 here, and I'm just going to step out in faith. The Wild at least go 1-1. Something about playing in Boston. It's like lost, lost in for Minnesota. Minnesota defeats the Washington Capitals 20, or excuse me, 20, that's their record. Let's say with the final score of something along the likes of 4-2 to two again. You know, it's, I, I know that gets boring, but 4-2 to two victory. Cabo Kakinen brings it home. And the Minnesota Wild uh, end up winning the game. Kirill Kaprizov, multiple goals in the game. Multiple goals. Big prediction. I think Kaprizov and Ovechkin have multiple goals in the game. What do you think of that? Ovechkin scores both goals through the caps, or at least assists on one of them, but... Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, multi-goal game. Maybe he'll get an empty netter to kind of get the extra one. Who knows? But Minnesota wins. With that, we'll talk about the prospects a little bit, even though there isn't a whole lot to get into at the moment. And let's jump on board with Iowa, like I was talking about earlier. The Minnesota Wild, or Iowa Wild, pardon me. 
They've been playing a little bit better. Thankfully, they won a couple games in a row. Thank God. Kyle Rowe's been Mr. Consistent. Nick Sweeney's been pretty solid. He had a great start and slowed it down. Adam Beckman added his fifth goal of the season. 15 points in 23 games. Beckman, of course, started with Minnesota really early in the season, which was pretty cool with injuries. Joe Hicketts, obviously, has been pretty consistent with 17 points in 22 games. Beckman, like I said, the 15. The numbers haven't been anything great, generally speaking, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Kozlowski has been up from the ECHL. He's actually playing, performing better in the AHL than the ECHL, but the uh, oof, the Iowa Heartlanders have not been good. They are terrible, and it's really sad. Every game they lose, and they don't score. They give up four. They, it's like the average score with the Iowa Heartlanders is like four to one loss. It's depressing. Hovanov stuck with uh, only one goal in six games at the AHL level, but he's still at the AHL level. Reese Zmolek had a couple assists the other night, and he is at two in eight games at the moment. Uh, he's been a factor, this and that, against son of Doug Zmolek. Minnesota ties, of course, no kidding. Um, but again, not a whole hell of a lot to talk about with the uh, prospects at the moment. Iowa, obviously, again, and of course, Rossi and Boldy did not play the other game because they were up with Minnesota. Who's Nadinov? Kind of more of the same, of course. They've been inactive of late because of what has been going on over there. It's just the frustrating part is there's just been not a whole lot of action because of, you know, obviously the Christmas and New Year break. They call it the holiday break. I guess it's holiday in terms of it's Christmas and New Year. That's how I look at it. And then, of course, the World Juniors shutting down. And, ah, uh, what a bummer. There had to be a break to get to the World Juniors for some of these guys. So, freaking bummer. Ryan Aurora, guys like that. Now I'm getting stuff popping up on me. It won't even open. You just want to look at something and you can't. Ryan Aurora, obviously been really good uh, with the Sioux Greyhounds. But, yeah, they've been inactive because of uh, everything going on. Again, that's Canada. So, that's frustrating. All those Canadian juniors, it's just, uh, it's such a freaking bummer. You want to watch hockey, and you can't. And you want to keep up with this and that, and you can't. You get confused. You get bummed out. Pavel Novak, who's been in the WHL, 34 points in 26 games. Awesome season for him. Again, fifth-round pick for Minnesota in 2020, the first draft for our good friend <laughs> Bill Guerin and... Judd Brackett, guys like that, of course. So, I mean, unfortunately, it's like we're pretty much relegated to maybe looking at the ECHL, which isn't that great. Nate Benoit, 26 points, or 26 games, only three points for him. So he has been playing, obviously, because that's the U.S., so they've been active at least. The USHL. But, mm, ECHL, it's just kind of depressing. The only, the main prospect there would be Bryce Misley, 15 points in 26 games. Just things have been generally quiet there. He's the third leading scorer for the uh, Iowa Heartlanders. Chris Bennett was called up to Iowa, 25-year-old guy, called up to the Iowa Wild. He's actually been pretty solid, uh, generally speaking. Well, at least he finally scored. <laughs> As uh, It's just been an overall bummer. And... It's like half the time you don't know who's playing, who isn't playing because of all this, and it's a frustration. So at this moment, I'm probably it's probably best if I get off of the prospects until things get rolling. Uh, next week, got to think there'll be a little bit more going on, and hopefully, again, the Minnesota Wilds, uh, Iowa Wilds, step up a bit, and the Iowa Hardliners, man, hopefully there's some life there. It's, ugh, it's, it's, it's depressing to look at. It really is. 
It's extremely depressing. Mm. Well, so far, Corbin Kaspersky has at least been really good, giving up only two goals, and they've still lost. Two goals a game, and they've still lost in all the games he's been in the net. That is extremely depressing. Two goals a game, and he's 0-2. Wow. Ugh, that's really depressing. <laughs> With that, we'll take a break. Let's just get to fan interaction right away. back here on Brave the Wild, segment number three, Fan Interaction. Always enjoy this and thank you, always. Derek Felska, you have definitely been a great help to this show. I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, and I, I I totally mean it. Obviously, you know, adding the adding like a much deeper community to Brave the Wild, Fan Interaction and all that. I mean, it's it just it really adds to the show. Especially when, I mean, obviously not a, I mean, we had what, one game to talk about, two games to preview, Obviously, there's topics, this and that, but it's nice to bounce ideas off each other rather than me just blah, 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 and then I feel kind of awkward at times if I'm all by myself. That's what it feels like. On, uh, that's what it felt like in shows in the past at times, even though I would interact with some people. It wasn't as many, as many. and the questions, you know, I mean, there there weren't questions. It was just kind of random conversation, but heck, any interaction's good, but no, thank you so much, Derek. He lives in uh, western Wisconsin. He's a teacher there. Uh, defensive line coach for the high school. Pretty freaking cool for obviously football, but a massive hockey fan and writes for Crease and Assist. Crease and Assist, that's his uh, blog with his wife, Teresa Ferries. You're right with the Sports Daily. Glad to see that that thing is completely rolling again. There was no shutdown with that at all, even though there was a sale and, you know, things change sometimes. People get people, things change a lot, but this time nothing happened, so that's great. Derek says, uh, got a Minnesota Wild question on your mind, and for all their latest moves, ask Brave the Wild. Just tag the questions, hashtag BTWMN, and yes, please do that, always. I'll, I always put that in the show description as well. Hashtag BTWMN, that way everything is organized and we can just do this. Rather than I'm clickety-click, oh, 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 there's one, you know, see, that's kind of weird. So, and obviously, thank God for that latest button, that way everything is organized chronologically, where in the past... I had a problem with that. And then, and then it's like, duh, don't hit top, hit latest <laughs> on my part. But yeah, ask as many as you please. And yes, ask as many as you please. If it's 400 questions, like a lightning round, let's go for it. <laughs> let's go for it. Let's talk hockey. Derek leads it off here. He leads off the face off and says, do you think Marco Rossi and Matt Boldy stick with the big club? Or is this just a short audition to keep them feeling positive or simply to try to stave off a deeper slide in the standings? It honestly could go either way. I'm going to lean towards the positive and that they are here to stay. Um, oh, man. It, it is it is a tough go, but I do think <clears throat> I do think that we are heading that direction. And the conversation that I didn't even bring up, and I was going to bring up in the first segment, but at least I figured somehow, some way, I would remember by the third <clears throat> intermission. No, the third, the third segment. I could call it the third period, right? Since it's a hockey show, Matt Boldy, out of the first twenty picks in the draft, in the twenty nineteen draft, Matthew Boldy <clears throat> was the last guy remaining that hadn't played in a single game. Matt Boldy, up the twelfth pick, 
after that 21st, Samuel Pauline hasn't played in the NHL yet. Everyone else has at least had a, a cup of coffee, like Alex Turcotte for Los Angeles. Fifth pick, only three games. That's actually a little disappointing. But Boldy, 12 picks, zero. You had guys like Jack Hughes who's been in there forever, and I'm not that impressed. Cabo Caco, not that impressed yet. Uh, obviously, there's obviously little bits and pieces where they oh, like, wow, he's doing well, but generally speaking, there hasn't been a whole lot of excitement with a lot of those guys. But yeah, Cole Caulfield, Cam York, Alex Newhook, they've all played Matt Boldy. So I don't feel you're rushing Matt Boldy. Matt Boldy will stick in the NHL for sure, uh, in my opinion, as long as he stays freaking healthy, obviously. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, maybe if he needs a stint in the AHL to kind of get back and get his timing back if he gets hurt again. But just, just don't get hurt anymore, okay? Um, Marco Rossi, there's a small chance... You might get sent back down if they feel maybe he's not keeping up because that was the conversation that he might not be able to keep up with the NHL's quickness. He's got all the skills you'd ever want long-term as an NHL player, as a top six type of guy, top six center, first or second line center, definitely not third. Uh, Boldy's an NHL player, I think, at this point. Rossi, we'll see. I do believe they both stick, obviously, necessity with Rossi. And he's got a good head on his shoulders. Marco Rossi has a really good head on his shoulders, and I do believe he will succeed. So I'm leaning towards they do stick. But if either one goes down, it's probably Rossi. Not, uh, and obviously it's not a not a shot. It's because he's a little younger, obviously. Uh, Derek again, yep, because it's a Derek Felska lightning round. Yep, which is good. The Derek Felska lightning round is a damn good thing. Um, <clears throat> he says, the Wild were pretty flat during their uh, during a fair portion of the Winter Classic, but they seemed to actually play with some want to. Once they pulled their goaltender. Yeah, that was cool. I, I liked that they pulled the goalie really early. Uh, should the Minnesota Wild do that sooner if the team isn't looking inspired on any given night? Yeah. Yeah, if if that's the result, yeah. I'm I'm for that. And I can just hear Bill Guerin saying that exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if if that's what it takes. Yeah. I, I can just hear Bill Guerin say that. <laughs> we hear about thing winning, you know. <laughs> here we go. Ah, here we go. Here we go. All right. He's, uh, Derek says, which Mega Man level would you say the state of hockey is best represented by at this current moment in this franchise history? <sighs> dare I say, dare I say, Airman? Because that's the theme song for Brave the Wild. Airman, Mega Man 2. <laughs> I love that song. I just, I love that song and the level. Hey, and we're, we're rising up. We're rising up in the air, right? We're rising up in the air compared to where we've been in the past. We're finally getting off the ground. So why not Airman? I, that's that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. That's a good one. Derek says, Wild head coach Dean Evison and the rest of the coaching staff were given contract extensions. Yeah, and I didn't even mention that. You know, I was writing the notes down and I left that one out. What a dummy, right? Because I'm so distracted with everything going on. And yes, Dean Evison, three-year extension. He, uh, Derek was saying, was was that a good idea, or would it be better to keep the leash short while they uh, so they stay motivated and not get complacent? Well, for me, it's just a three-year extension, so I think they should stay motivated with uh, it's three years instead of like five. Like five years is a serious thing. That that's a ways, obviously. I think I and a lot of people were joking afterward, like, yeah, sure, right after the extension, they have that sloppy effort versus the uh, St. Louis Blues. How Minnesota is that? I think they're motivated. I think they know that every sport, you know, coaches can be let go real quickly. Um, 
Zimmer lasted eight years of the Vikings. He's still there, but yeah, he. we all know. We all know what's going to happen after Sunday. <laughs> we all know what's going to happen, and it should. Um, I, I believe that Dean Evison deserves at, at least a three-year extension. I, I think it was the right thing to do. Um, I think if give, they only gave him like one year, that'd be a shame, I think. So I'm, I'm happy with the three-year extension. Like five years might be a little bit like you may be like, huh, but hey, if he just keeps keeps doing what he's doing, maybe he could just keep getting three-year extensions. And obviously with his coaching staff as well, how he made absolute sure that all of his assistants got three-year extensions as well before he signed on the dotted line, which was really cool. That's what I like. It, it's about team. It is. It really is about team with Dean, you know, and that's really cool. Uh, they've created a culture with this franchise that has never really been there. Uh, in the early Lemaire era, sure, it was, it was there. It was a different vibe, but it was there. And, and Lemaire's a legend, but obviously that kind of faded away. Once guys started holding out and we know who they are, uh, things started changing. And they never really recovered until the last year and a half year, I'd have to say. Next, yep, the next lightning round, Derek says, the Wild have been depleted by injuries, but even if we're healthy, do we really have a true chance to be a contender or are people just fooling themselves into believing it? <laughs> See Kale McCarr's goal on Tuesday night. No Minnesota Wild player can do that. Are we fools? Well, <laughs> that is true. Um, Kale McCarr is the real deal. And I guess that's on Garen and Brackett to find those kind of players. Uh, Judd Brackett working with Bill Guerin and such. Because Judd Brackett's the actual main scout guy, obviously. The, you know, the scout, the talent scout and all that. He's a damn good one. That is that is a good point, though. And it does leave you kind of like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ryan Hartman. You know, like your main guys are Ryan Hartman. Their main guys are, you know, like you know, like their main center, Ryan Hartman versus Nathan McKinnon. You know, Miko Ratton, guys like that. Kale freaking McCarr. There isn't a single player anywhere near that. Uh, Matt Dumba's the most talented offensive player on the wild, and he's nowhere close to that. Uh, Kaylin Addison, is he anywhere near that any, at any point? I have no idea. I, I haven't seen any spark that would lead you to believe that. So it is kind of like it's it's team and depth versus super ta- superstar talent. Obviously, Kirill Kaprizov has superstar talent. Maybe Boldy and Rossi are going to be close to that range, close to the uh, Kaprizov range. Obviously, not like what Kale McCarr could do in that sense, which was absolutely a highlight like you've never seen. Um, so that's a good question. That really is. Um, it's that's what it's going to take for the Wild, though. Obviously, that total team effort, and that's why that has been the culture and the approach. That's how they're going to have to win, versus having to win with, uh, you know, versus like you know, like the Gretzkys and the, and the Yari Currys of like of the world. Obviously, I'm just you know using that as a crazy example, but you know, Kane and Taves, you know, maybe hopefully pray to God <laughs> that's like Rossi, Boldy, Kaprizov could be a Kane Taves or Rossi, Boldy, Kaprizov, Fiala if. By the grace of God, we're able to sign Kevin Fiola throughout all this uh, cap hell that's going to take over. Uh, next one is, yep, yep, it's just, it is, that's why I sighed just now, because it is it is a scary fact that there is some serious talent out there that we're going to have to compete with. And, well, <laughs> we're going to have to. We're going to have to beat them, and hopefully the young guys can step up and become something close to that. <clears throat> 
Next one from Derek. It says, if you have a question. Oh, yeah, he's asking. Uh, it's not. He has a question. Tag it. VTW. Uh, no, he doesn't want to start. Okay. Oh, I think they were, they were responding to something here. Okay, there he is. There's Steve. Steve was, uh, oh yeah, and Derek was encouraging him to hashtag BTWMN to get it going. So he got Steve going here. Steve says, I think it is a it depends question. If they provide a spark they're hoping for, they may stick around, that being Rossi Boldy. The only caveat is, are they hamstrung a bit from the from a contract cap perspective if they do keep them with the big club? Derek responded to him with, personally, I hope it's a short audition. I don't want to start Rossi's contract yet. It will help the team stay on the cheap through those next four years of cap hell. So, yeah, that's the other thing. I think Boldy, it's okay at the moment from where he is. But, yeah, uh, uh, Steve agreed with him. He said, wild in opinion, are not a Stanley Cup contender, but hopefully are on that way in the next few years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is a good point, though. That's another good point. So if it's short, it's short. And that is a good point because of the whole story cap. So putting me in the box now, aren't you? <laughs> and it's a good, it's a damn good point. Derek was saying, I think a short edition will say to Rossi and Boldy, we see what you're doing in Iowa and think it's great, but we're not, we're just not ready yet. Your time will come and we want to have the resources as ready we can when you are too yep so yeah like obviously you want to be able to have people around them rather than like you know might as well call up Damien Giroux even though he hasn't done a whole lot lately uh you know Cramarosa let's go let's, let's go Crammy uh resign uh <clears throat> resign Jordy Ben to a five-year five million dollar contract you know <laughs> or 202 2.5 2. million. No, I don't know. I'm just that's yeah. That's what I might take. Otherwise, if they're gonna be uh, if they're gonna be really strapped here, <clears throat> and I do want to sign freaking Fiala. I'd love to keep him, but he may wind up getting traded. Derek Felska says in Minnesota high school hockey, the Razo Warroad rivalry is probably the best one out there. What do you think is the best rivalry for the Wild between Central Division foes or clubs outside of the division? Historically. Probably Colorado. I, I, I think there's a lot of this, or even St. Saint, Saint Louis. It, it's St. Louis. Um, St. <clears throat> Louis Blues. Uh, it, it's it's probably the most intense rival right now. Chicago, we, we could call them a rival, but they would, yeah, but then it's 3 nothing Chicago, and they're winning the cup, and we're out in the first round. You know, that kind of thing, where it's the wrong kind of rivalry. There's definitely something there, but it's not, as intense as it is with the St. Louis Blues or even the Colorado Avalanche. It could be either one of those two. I keep kind of going back and forth. <clears throat> I feel like it's St. Louis, though, slightly over Colorado, where Colorado's another team that's probably a little bit a little bit higher end because, like you said, the superstar talent in Colorado, where St. Louis is a little bit closer to us in talent, but obviously there's a there's a lot of, you know, they're, they're a very deep, strong team as well. Mike returns. He says, well, I was hoping that they would start next year. I was hoping they would start. Oh, okay. He's talking about Rossi Boldy. They would start next year, but they are here. So who is the best fit? Rossi. Boldy Rossi and uh, Kirill Kaprizov or Fiala? <clears throat> For now, we'll say Fiala because Kirill Kaprizov with Hartman and Zuccarello has been, has been fantastic, generally speaking. 
Obviously, it's good to move things or move guys around and see what happens. But Fiala, for sure. Uh, Fiala's just been dying to have some talent around him rather than uh, Goudreau, Rask, you know. It's frustrating. Deheim, God bless him, but he's not he's not on Kevin Fiala's level. Um, next one from Mike says, Also, do you think they should be on the same line? And what about Dewar? Dewar's fourth line at the moment, and I think that's that's about where he belongs, uh, unfortunately. He's, he's a good, solid player. He's, he was very solid in the AHL, can play in all situations, like we've said a lot. He doesn't majorly stand out, and I don't think he's going to stand out in the NHL. I think he's a bottom six guy. Whereas uh, Boldy Rossi, yes, they will be on the top line in, in uh, at times, but not right away, unfortunately. Uh, but I think as they develop, they'll probably be on their, their, the same line together frequently as they become regular NHLers. That's just my belief. Jay Bushy says, your thoughts on Rask being on Ravers, being on Ravers, starting me. Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, I'm <laughs> it's good to free up space for other players, free up space for younger players that probably could bring more to the lineup than, say, Victor Rask, obviously, who, as they say, mucks things up. He's slow. He's certainly been a, a part of frustration for a lot of Wild fans, uh, maybe even coaches uh, behind the scenes. He does give a good effort. He always steps it up, especially when, when he feels his job is truly threatened. He comes back with a vengeance and plays well, but it's never consistent, generally speaking. Rask definitely has talent to be in the NHL, but he just, you know, he, he doesn't have the speed. It's, again, it's like a it's like a laptop with Windows. It's like it's like a decent laptop that's running Windows 98. It's kind of like that. It's like, uh, you know, unfortunately the software just ain't keeping up with the hardware, unfortunately. So it's a little frustrating. That's kind of how I see Victor Rask. Brian Herrera looks, looks like he wraps up the fan interaction segment, and then I pressed the wrong button. There, thank God. Brian Herrera, welcome back. I love Brian Herrera. He says, outside of Kirill and Fiala, who on the wild do you think will be the unlikely one to get a hat trick this year? Okay, so like an unlikely star to get a hat trick. You know, or an unlikely great game for somebody. Um, mm. I think this over for a couple of seconds. Uh, it's going to be Jerome McGinley. No, I'm just BSing. It's crazy to think how Jewelers and I can Rem Pitlick already have, so they're off the board. And I, I could have picked one of them. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Brandon DeHaim, even though that'd be freaking cool. I got a sneaky feeling, so like outside of those guys, unlikely guy to get it. You'd think Hartman, but that's kind of an easy one too, even though it's like it's not easy, but it is. I'm going to go with Nico Sturm. I, I was thinking... Marcus Foligno, because I remember how last year he was really close to getting that hat trick, and then Parisi wanted to go on a double shift and ended up killing us, because that's that's the way things were when Parisi and Suter were here, where they kind of did what they wanted when they shouldn't have, and it was a BS move. Um, and finally, somebody stood up and said no, like the coach and the GM finally said, no, we can't do that crap anymore. That's BS. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to go with Nico Sturm. I got a sneaky feeling he's going to have one of those crazy games where, you know, Things just go right for him. So Nico Sturm will be that unlikely hero for the Minnesota Wild. Maybe it's coming. Maybe it's coming up in one of these games. Maybe against Washington Capitals or something. Nico Sturm has the hat trick. But I, I think that's who it's going to be. Since I can't say Pitlick or... Uh, <laughs> I can't say Pitlick or Julian Zanek, I don't want to say Hartman. So that's where I'm going to go with. Uh, with that said, really, that, this is a fun show. really enjoyed it. 
very much so. Please do write a positive rating on iTunes, which also can, of course, be Apple Podcasts, Audible, or Stitcher. Those are the three possible applications you can write a positive review, the five-star rating. I'd really appreciate that. Please mention what you'd like about the show, maybe what you'd like to see improved, this and that. And I just thank you so much in advance if you're willing to do that. It only makes the show more attractive to prospective listeners in the future. So, because we're always trying to grow, even though I'm growing like, you know, (laughs) sometimes it feels like I'm growing like a nightcrawler. Uh, Yeah, that hasn't grown in forever, that kind of thing. But maybe I am growing. (laughs) It's just one of those things. You know, people come, people go. Uh, but when they stay, I appreciate you guys so freaking much. Uh, shout outs to Minnesota Wild Global Facebook page, awesome. Minnesota Wild Nation, MNW Prospects, of course, major, major shout out. Uh, keeping up with all the prospects of the Minnesota Wild system, always appreciated. Glad to be a part of that one. But unfortunately, the two junior leagues that uh, I cover, they have no Minnesota Wild Prospects at the moment. That would be the Q and the BCHL, but eventually we'll have those again. At least I hope so. Draft at least somebody in those leagues, Bill Guerin and Judd Braggett. Come on now, so I can uh, write about them again. Uh, I haven't ridden for Gone Pug Wild in forever. I believe I'm still have a, I believe I still have an active account there. Hopefully, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I need to write again. I've been I've been just kind of out of it. And of course, super busy at times as well. Uh, outside of that, though, again, thank you in advance. Tell your friends about the show. Uh, I think that's it. I already did the, yep, I, I already did the, the plugs. The final thing would be, if you want to call into the show, have your voice on the fan interaction, you're more than welcome to do that. Audio submission, that's how you do that there. With any smart device on the planet, be it a, a Note 10, an Apple SE, an, or whatever the heck, an Apple 13 Pro Max, whatever the heck it is, open the free voice recording application on that Press record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, share it, slash, email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I would then convert it into an mp3 file, thanks to zumzar.com, and it would be so nice to have you on board. With that said, have a great week. Hopefully things turn around and go Rossi Boldy. Thank you.